Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, the Fiji International crowns its inaugural champion. Familiar foes to face off in the AFL International Cup final. And Samoa finish on a winning note at the Women's Rugby World Cup. But first, National Rugby League boss Dave Smith and Sydney Roosters star Sonny Bill Williams visited Samoa this week to help launch the league-specific strategy, which aims to boost the sport's popularity and forge closer ties with the Pacific region. The delegation, which also included Australia coach Tim Cheens, visited local schools, met with the Prime Minister Tuilepa Salele Malialanga Oi, and also held talks with business groups. Dave Smith says the Pacific Islands will play a crucial part in the future of rugby league and says this visit is part of their ongoing commitment to the region. We had hundreds and hundreds of kids and they were doing the participation piece. They were uh, doing our rugby, our rugby league reads education piece as well as some nutrition and healthy living exercises so it's been fantastic really really good and Sonny's been amazing taking lots of photos and mixing with the kids and he's had a good time too. It's a sport that's very popular throughout the Pacific and we saw the Taua do quite well making the quarterfinals at last year's World Cup I mean how important is the Pacific Islands to the future of the NRL and the future of rugby league? There's still a number of dimensions I think to the NRL competition Nearly 40% of our players are from Pacific Island heritage, so and that increases every day. So, you know, it's a significant development pathway for us. But equally, I think, important because as a game, we do so much for our communities and our different cultures, and this is a real opportunity for Sonny Bill to come back and give something back to his heritage. And he's a great player, but I think he's been thrilled just mixing with the kids. And I think at an international level, with the Four Nations this year, with the World Cup in 2017... The Pacific engagement strategy really will mean that the Pacific Islands teams, they're going to be strong coming into the 2017 competitions. And so you've got these uh, programs for the children, I think 50,000 in Papua New Guinea, 10,000 in Samoa and Fiji to help uh, educate uh, life skills amongst uh, many of these young Pacific Island uh, students. Um, where did the drive for this campaign begin? We launched it last year in Papua New Guinea, it's called League for Life. It's just teaching kids about healthy living, about you know running around and keeping yourself fit about eating well, about treating each other with respect and about you know being as educated as you can possibly be, staying away from drugs and, and leading a good life. And I think somebody like Sonny Bill, you know, he stalls the virtues, the virtues of that. So, yeah, it's very important. I think um, we as a game do a lot for our communities. We're a community-based sport. So, you know, uh, it's important that you give something back to the community. And this is what this is, really. It's not just about the game of, of rugby league for elite players. This is about engagement with our game and, and about all the good things that this game can do for, for young people and for, and for older people alike. So um, I'm very proud to be part of it. And uh, getting exposure, getting the NRL and, and, and Sunny Berlin and Fiji, of course, Jared Hayne later this year uh, into the communities and, and meeting the locals. I guess, you know, you do have a bit of competition in the Pacific Islands, you know, rugby's a very big sport there, uh, especially in Fiji. Um, so t- to get rugby league um, on the, uh, you know, on the agenda and uh, in people's faces and experiencing it, be it the uh, programs or be it uh, meeting some of the stars, I guess is is also good for the promotion of the game for you, from your perspective. 
Uh, that's exactly right. I think we're using our contemporary players, our stars like Sonny Bill and Jared, and we'll announce somebody for Tonga. Um, we've got numerous players involved with Papua New Guinea, but they're used as ambassadors to the game where we bring game development and the school participation program to League for Life together with you know, our, our kind of um, political affairs piece whereby we, we partner with governments to, to look for funding, to look to do the right thing in terms of our programs, whether they be anti-violence programs or um, well-being programs. And then what we're also trying to do is you know, use our brand and our presence to strengthen our corporate relationships. And I think those three things make this program significantly different, whereby the communities can really come together Governments get right behind it, both the Australian government and the local governments, and we bring in, you know, the corporate uh, relationships as well uh, on the back of on the back of all of that. So, you know, what it means is hopefully a long, sustainable, enduring strategy that um, the rugby league is forefront. But it's not just about the elite players; it's about what the game can give back to the community. And you touched on obviously the 37% of players in the league that are of Pacific Island heritage uh, earlier, but in many ways, and if you take Samoa as an example, I guess there's still a lot of very much untapped potential as well. I know the Dragons were in Samoa a, f- a few months back and you know identified some players and, and said that there wasn't any formal sort of uh, teams that were doing that in the NRL previously, and they've got some guys that are now back in Sydney um, you know, on a scholarship there that impressed them from there. So there's still a lot of uh, talent and, and, and players uh, that could be unearthed. That's it, and I think um, what we need is a long-term engagement plan, and that's what this programme offers, whereby we combine all the things that I've talked about bring in the, the country rugby league officials as well and, and coordinate a strategy that, in essence, is built around four nations this year, but really we can push hard as we hit the 2017 World Cup, which will be uh, which will be held in Australia. So I think the time is now. Some of our, the profile of our players, like Sonny Bill on the back of the World Cup in England, is high. The NRL's profile is pretty high. So the time is now for us to make a push, but this strategy is part of a long-term course, if you like, to build relationships for the future because it's so important for the health of the game and health of rugby league in the region. Do you think there still needs to be perhaps uh, more of a, obviously Samoa is in the Four Nations later this year, but could there be more of an engagement between these Pacific Island national teams off the back of what we saw at the World Cup and some of the top teams like New Zealand and Australia? They get a match against them at a World Cup every four years and occasionally in the Four Nations every two years if you're lucky there. But, you know, the, these countries are really, you know, crying out for, for more top-level test matches. Yeah, look, I think this isn't about you know, any specific item, I think increasingly the teams become more competitive, particularly with the World Cup. There's going to be more uh, international matches. But we brought Papua New Guinea into the Intra Super Cup this year in Queensland. And there's talk about other Pacific Nation clubs coming into our competition as well. So I think what what you'll see is over the next three or four years, a big push for the for just different forms of content, for inclusion of the Pacific Islands, both at an international level and hopefully, though, increasingly at a club level as well. So as we build the pathways and we um, you know, start to be a bit more structured, uh, as well as the community programs, then it, it should result in uh, more opportunity. And, of course, the World Cup is a big opportunity. We haven't decided where we're going to play the matches yet, so it's a big opportunity for us. So just all round, I think this is a big sort of long-term push for a strategy across the Pacific, and it will, it will mean more content in the Pacific and more exposure to the NRL. That's the NRL Chief Executive Officer, Dave Smith. Australian Stephen Jeffress was crowned the inaugural winner of the Fiji International Golf Tournament at the Natandola Bay Championship course at the weekend. The 38-year-old had the unique honour of hitting the very first tee shot and sinking the final putt of the tournament. 
He birdied the 18th hole to finish on 10 under par and claimed the title by two shots from fellow Australian Jake Higginbottom, earning him a cool US dollars I'm actually a little bit surprised in some way, but, uh, but over the moon. There's a lot of years of hard work following to get a, a main tour win. It's, it's, it's awesome. It hasn't sunk in yet. Hasn't sunk in. Meanwhile, local hope Vijay Singh closed with a 73 to secure a top 10 finish on two over par. The 51-year-old was happy with how he finished his home tournament after a disappointing start. I let it go the first two days. Uh, I wish I had played a little better and I was in a very negative state of mind because of the golf course, you know. I, I expected the golf course, especially the green concept, to be a little better than what it was. So I was all the time looking at the greens and trying to figure out how I was going to fix it. On the weekend I just said go ahead and just play your game, and which I did, you know. I managed to play okay and happy with the way I finished, yeah. Vijay Singh says he expects to be back for next year's event and hopes that the tournament uh, in 2015 can be arranged at a time that will allow him to stay longer in the country. Papua New Guinea have qualified for their third consecutive AFL International Cup Grand Final this weekend, following an emphatic 75-28 semi-final victory over New Zealand. They'll face defending champions Ireland in a repeat of the 2011 decider at the home of the AFL Grand Final, the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Head coach David Lake says the Mosquitoes have made big progress in the past three years and are ready to go one step further. When we came last time, kids like Gideon Simon, who, who spent a couple of years at Richmond, and Theo Gavuri, who was at Sydney Hills Eagles and the Neefel, those boys, Brendan Benno, they're, they're not 17-year-olds anymore. They're, you know, like they've got some games under their belt. They've played a bit of men's footy. and uh, They were the ones, when shown the way and led by Johnny and Amua Parika and Emmis, they... Um, they certainly stepped up yesterday. They were the ones that played really well. And big John Aikupu, who plays uh, down here in Victoria. And uh, coming off that defeat to South Africa in the uh, round robin, what, what did you guys learn out of that match as the only side in the semi-finals that had lost a game uh, going into a match against New Zealand? Obviously a very uh, good, well-organised team, a team that you played all the way back in 2008 in, in the final, so there's history there as well. Uh, what was different yesterday? Uh, I... I we uh, instinctively, I'll, probably, I'll go back a step first. The, uh, I think they looked at their performance and they weren't happy with the way they prepared, the way they slept, the way they ate. N- nothing wrong with their ability to play footy. They just felt that they, uh, they probably got a little bit lost. Maybe they were still on holidays. They'd survived the first couple of games because the, their opponents weren't as strong. And uh, certainly they, uh, they changed the way they went about it. And they were a lot more professional and, and more organised in their thoughts. And then into the game... They just didn't allow the Kiwis, who are um, they're great athletes, but maybe not as instinctive in the way they play the footy. And uh, our boys are, are very instinctive and very uh, aggressive, assertive. And uh, they just didn't allow them to play. They, they went on them tackling them and harassing them as soon as they got the footy. So they didn't get time to, to uh, I suppose, structure the way they get rid of the footy. They didn't allow them any time or, or, uh, or space to do that. Just applied constant pressure for the whole game. And as with any sport, it's uh, important to get off to the best start possible. And uh, 24-0 after the first quarter there, four goals to none, and also managing to uh, restrict them pretty much in that final uh, quarter as well. That certainly uh, makes the job easier when you can do that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Look, it was only really a, a, a particular transition in the second quarter where, no, sorry, in the third quarter where we, uh, it was a couple of free kicks for um, how we went about things. Uh, and look, they were there. They could have been let, but it allowed them to get linkage. They kicked one goal. Then they got a bit of bit of confidence in another one, and then got down there again. And once we stopped that, um, we took control again. But we were uh, 
uh, we, we ran our handball receive running and uh, our willingness to, to carry the footy and, and, uh, and work hard was, was exceptional. We really did not give them a chance to play. And Amua Parika, he kicked two in that first quarter and being an experienced player now, even his celebration was hard not to get lost and want to join in. And I felt all the players fed off his celebration. And that, look, they weren't, they weren't over the top. They were just strong and passionate celebrations that they were, they were going somewhere today. Is it tricky in a tournament like this where you have the likes of yourself, uh, New Zealand, Ireland, those sorts of countries that are of the upper echelon, I guess, and, and as you say, you have a couple of easy ones for lack of a better, uh, you know, more uh, friendly phrase uh, at the start of the tournament. You play some teams where you're, you're putting on cricket scores basically against them to, to keep that focus and, and, and then try and manage that as you come up against these tougher teams. Yeah, with the, particularly with the PNG boys because they're, they're very excitable, very passionate and uh, but it gives them a chance to get organised and come together, and, and that flicked into South Africa. And I mean, look, I watched South Africa play uh, Ireland yesterday. They're impressive. They have come so far, and they've got some players that like they look like real real footballers. They move right, and so obviously very athletic. But they're going to get better, not worse. And uh, and I can see um, I can see them causing a lot more trouble going forward. So. When you get to play in those games to make that adjustment from winning by 200 to in a game, yeah, it is quite difficult sometimes and uh, it's not something that, particularly with the PNG boys, they find easy. They don't realise what's just changed. They're creatures of habit. So you're seeing some growth in some of the other countries that aren't, I guess, um, you know, natives to the sport that are still, you know, coming through? Some of those countries are starting to come up? Yeah, oh, look, I watched Fiji play America yesterday and, like, Fiji have come a long way. Uh, I look at Nauru... They're, they're massive improvers. But for me, Nauru and South Africa are the two that have really uh, amazed me. Even, even watching the French play Canada. Now, Canada are fairly organised and, and a strong country. But um, the French can hold, you know, they hold on for half a game. And I think as, as countries improve, they hold on for longer. And the stronger nations, obviously, in the end, take over. But you really need to assess the whole game because there is a lot, um, longer periods where these countries are, are getting better and better. Um, but yeah, the, the standards definitely improved, and even even watching them warm up and try and um, emulate all the things that they see, obviously see on TV and whatever else, in the way they prepare, the way they dress, the way they talk, you know, they're really trying hard to uh, become more professional about the way they do it. And uh, David, the the big decider this weekend, uh, the Mosquitoes up against Ireland. It's uh, a third straight final for PNG. It's a second straight final under your coaching. It's uh, obviously a repeat final from 2011 where you guys uh, lost to the Irish. So there's uh, plenty of history, plenty to play for. And of course, you're at the MCG, I think, as well. So, uh, you know, what better what better stage to, to have the match? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that the PNG, but we're more organised. We've got a more willing bunch in the sense of... Uh, um, taking instruction and, and understanding what we're trying to achieve and it's not about each individual and it's a collective. So from PNG's point of view, we're as prepared as well now as we've ever been and uh, and, saying, and I watched the Irish and we, we're two very different countries. They've got a, a very big taste of, um, of Gaelic footy in the way they go about it. You know, they're very strong in the back half in winning the footy and they're very uh, very good when they get it down forward. They're very tall. Um, you know, I'd like to think that we could... Uh, we could take control through the middle of the ground where we're probably at our strongest. So it'll be an interesting, two very diff- uh, two very contrasting styles of the way they go about their footy, but um, certainly they'll need to be good to beat us. Meanwhile, at Tonga, we'll play off for fifth place against Canada in the men's Division 1 final. Nauru will face the USA in the seventh place match, and Fiji will play off for ninth place against Great Britain.
Fiji Netball is a hive of activity at the moment, with more matches being confirmed for the national team and a new coach not far away either. President Wanakiti Bongi Drow says the appointment of Kate Carpenter as the new national coach should be finalised shortly once visas and work permits have been signed off. Malawi have also confirmed they'll return for two test matches in November, while the Pearls are also pencilled in to play some AZ Championship franchises early next year as they build up to the World Cup. We've uh, invited them back to Fiji for another two test series and we hope to have them here on November 1st and November 3rd and route for them to attend the, the Fast Five in uh, Auckland. Last year, Netball Fiji picked up the tab for that, if I'm right. Uh, will that be the case this time as well? Uh, of course, uh, that's the only way we are going to attract them to come to Fiji. We have uh, offered to pick up most of the expenses and uh, we are grateful that uh, they have considered that and that they have confirmed that they'll be here. Uh, there was also talk earlier this year of uh, hopefully arranging a, a trip or some matches against South Africa. Has there been any progress on that? After the Pacific Netball Series, we informed South Africa that we wouldn't uh, make the trip in September. It was uh, The trip was for September. Uh, the main reason behind that is that uh, three of our key players were injured from the Pacific Netball Series. They needed to recover. We just thought that our investment would not be put to good use if we sent a team all the way to South Africa without uh, three of our key players. Thus, uh, we had cancelled with South Africa. And uh, since that Pacific Series in June, obviously you won that to qualify for the uh, World Cup next year, but of course you weren't at the Commonwealth Games due to the uh, late entry uh, situation. So I guess the last few months have been a bit of a consolidation period uh, for Fiji Netball. Um, How far away is the coaching situation? Uh, Just a case of uh, ticking those final boxes, is it? Yes, uh, we are just uh, finalising... Paperwork, we are trying uh, to, uh, we've uh, just signed on the contract and we are hoping to get a work permit. Other than that, we have finalised the coach and we hope to have her here by the second week of September. And that's Kate Carpenter? Yes, that is Kate Carpenter. Was she one of the uh, original people to apply for the role when Julie Hornwig got it? Or yes, she did. And you kept in contact with her? What had happened was, uh, of the four that were shortlisted, after we eliminated one, there were three that were available, two of them being NZ franchise co- coaches. Unfortunately, uh, one of them, who was the leading contender, could not relocate to Fiji at all and wanted to come uh, for blocks of time. And the other one, who we brought in, was Julie Hanwick. She was only available for a certain period of time, and we were grateful that she managed to stay with us for six weeks and helped us win the Digicel Tri-Series, which we had here and, of course, the Pacific Netball Series. She couldn't commit longer than that. And Kate wasn't available to us until after September. So it worked out fine in our favour. So will uh, Kate, presuming all the uh, visa issues, that sort of thing, get sorted, uh, she'll be living in Fiji while she uh, has the job? That was uh, one of the conditions of the job, that they would have to relocate and uh, be permanently based in Fiji. In terms of uh, any other matches, Wainakiti, is there anything else on the horizon that you guys are looking for or hoping for? Yes, we um, we have another four international test matches before the World Netball Cup next year. And we have uh, training tours to play against uh, NZ franchise teams in uh, New Zealand. It's been confirmed and uh, we're just waiting for Australia to come back to us on that. So would that be closer to the World Cup or what sort of timing would that be? That will be around February. That's the Fiji Netball President, Wanakiti Bongi Drow.
Samoa have finished the Women's Rugby World Cup in 11th place of 12 after beating Kazakhstan 31-0 in their final match. The Manusina scored five unanswered tries to grab their first win of the tournament and avoid the wooden spoon. England beat Canada 21-9 in the tournament final to lift their first World Cup title since 1994. Meanwhile, Malaysia won the Oceania Futsal Invitational, beating hosts New Caledonia 6-3 in the final match of the tournament. Both teams failed to win their opening matches, but bounced back to finish strongly, with the early pace setters New Zealand third for the second straight year, Tahiti fourth, and Vanuatu propping up the table. Next year's event will be a qualifier for the 2016 Futsal World Cup. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Benny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.